Terror. Maybe there's someone here who has never accepted Jesus. I finished my speech. Christian Love Baptist Church would like to invite you to our Christian Love Family Life Center located 3515 Hudson Boulevard next door to the Christian Love Baptist Church. You're welcome to join our fitness center with state-of-the-art equipment. Need a place for a wedding reception, family reunion, or conference space? Well, look no further than the Christian Love Family Life Center. We can meet all your needs with the latest audio and video equipment. For more information, contact Miss Patsy at 318-709-8116 or Miss Linda Johnson at 770-371-3466. When you experience the loss of a loved one and you need to select a funeral home, Robinson Family Mortuary is that funeral home. Robinson Family Mortuary is locally owned and operated in the city of Pineville, Louisiana. Robinson Family Mortuary serves the entire community of central Louisiana and surrounding parishes, including Natchitoches, Avoyles, Grant, Wynn, Allen, and throughout the entire state. Robinson Family Mortuary is staffed with over 40 years of tender loving care and experience. Robinson Family Mortuary offers cremation, floral arrangements, headstones, and catering for your repast. For information regarding any of our services, please feel free to contact Dolores or Tyrone at 318-442-7300. That's 318-442-7300. Robinson Family Mortuary. A family serving families. Robinson Family Mortuary is now located at 1815 Military Highway, Pineville, Louisiana. Hours of operation are from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Robinson Family Mortuary, a proud sponsor of this program. Southern Heritage Bank is Central Louisiana's family of banks that provide that personal service in a corporate environment. Southern Heritage Bank is located 5211 Jackson Street. You can phone them at 318-561-2227. Southern Heritage Bank has a full range of services that are available such as online banking, freedom checking, 24-hour bank line. You can phone 1-800-992-7059. And we are an equal housing lender. Southern Heritage Bank promises prompt services without unnecessary hassle. Come in. Let us service your banking need. Again, that all-important phone number is 318-561-2227. Your life is a wreck. Your car is a wreck. Will your family be next? At Hunter & Beck, it's not about the money. It's about respect. With Hunter & Beck, you get experienced trial attorneys. 318-487-1997 or 800 448 8614. And remember, at Hunter and Beck, you get Hunter and Beck. Thank you for tuning in for today's message with Reverend Larry R. Turner. If you would like a copy of today's message, you can contact the church office at 318-443-8715 to purchase a CD for only a $7 donation. Always remember, it's worth a trip to come and visit Christian Love Baptist Church, 3515 Hudson Boulevard, Alexandria, Louisiana. Welcome to a broadcast of Live Big Ministries, a ministry of Hollywood Presbyterian Church in Shreveport, Louisiana, where Harry Cooper Jr. is pastor and spirit coach. We're located at 2840 Hollywood Avenue. 
At Live Big Ministries, we are encouraging and equipping people to live in victory every day, believing in God. We worship each Sunday at 1030 and hold Bible study each Tuesday at 630. If you're interested in prayer or counseling, call us at 318-610-0068. You can also follow us at livebigministries.com or on Facebook. Listen now to a recent message from Pastor Harry Cooper. Mangers and Marys in our midst. Let me begin with a confession. I confess to you today that it was not until recently that I was able to clearly distinguish the understanding of the word manger. For many, 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 many years, my thought about a manger was a stable, a barn. When I thought of manger, I thought about all of the manger scenes and I just simply did not decode the word manger. I don't know if there's anybody else like me and maybe I was the one man on an island all by himself who thought that a manger was like a stable or a barn. Anybody? You hear things born in a manger. So when you think born in a manger and then you see the manger scene where you have them in a stable with hay, you just stop thinking sometimes and you just, okay, maybe I said you, I, with all my theological training, never chose to decode and look up manger. So I share with you that particular confession as we begin today, that a manger is not a stable and a manger is not a barn. A manger is like a gutter. A manger is like a crib. And in that time, it would have been a cement type of crib that they placed the baby Jesus in. So he was not born in a manger. He was placed in a manger. That, that, just, that just worked with me. I, I don't know about you, but I said, oh, hmm. Placed in a manger, not born in a manger. And it's right there. It doesn't say otherwise when you read the text. It only says otherwise when you put the scenes together in your life. Help me out. Am I by myself? Anybody else in your mind, when you think manger, you think barn? Think hay? Okay, okay, I'm glad to know I'm not by myself. So when I say today, that there are mangers in our midst. I am not exclusively talking about the imagery that we have established for so many years. I am sharing that there are mangers in our midst, a place in which we would find unexpected blessings. When you think about being born and when you think about the son of God being born, when you begin to put that together in your mind, you would anticipate that if I was going to bring a present that was so valuable into the world, I would do it in the most secure location. Would you not? If you were thinking that, you know, I've got a 
a, 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 a jewel that is of priceless value, that what I'm going to do is make sure that this jewel is protected. I'm going to make sure that this jewel is going to be able to be seen. I would not want to risk anything happening to this jewel. So when we think about a baby Jesus and we think about a manger, we don't automatically understand just how high risk this pregnancy was. This was a high risk delivery. It was not done in Bethlehem General Hospital. It was not done in all of the uh, secure, sanitized versions of any hospital that we would have today with the greatest neonatal care, with the greatest neonatal staff. It wasn't even born as we know it with a midwife. We find this Jesus, this, this baby being born in a stable and placed in a manger. Not even, not, not even uh, um, a sanitized clothing. So when you understand just how high risk this was for the baby and for the mother, we begin to understand that God has a divine plan that might blow all of our minds. The plan that the divine has may not fit your preconceived notions of what that would look like. I'm sharing that there are mangers in our midst, mangers in our midst that hold and house unexpected blessings, mangers in our midst that we would not expect to find priceless jewels. And oftentimes we go in our life and we move so fast. We become so locked into who we are, who we anticipate ourselves being, especially during this Advent season, which we all generally call the Christmas season. And you know that when you, some people right here, right now say, how long we going to go? Cause I still got a few more things to get. I, and I realize that that's just a reality. Somebody is still saying, you know what? I, I didn't put out the turkey yet. I still got to put it out the freezer or I'm going to have to defrost the turkey that I go and get from Kroger's. And what time does Kroger's close today? It, it, it is just real and, 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 and we understand that. But what I'm saying is in the midst of all this hustle and bustling and, bustling and grow, going in the places that we go, there comes a moment in which we have to recognize how many messiahs have we missed in mangers? How many opportunities for our own salvation have we missed because we weren't expecting or even actively looking in that particular location. I, I, I dare say that somebody came to worship today and this was the location you thought you would find the Messiah. You came because you understand your, you tie and we often tie our salvation to the experience of church and religion. Am I right about it then? Just talk back to me. So, so we, we, we think that when we talk about people getting saved, you automatically think, we automatically think oftentimes we got to go and bring them to church. Because it is at church where salvation happens. But in the text, we find a savior, but he's not in the sanctuary. 
we, we, we find a, a savior, but, but he is not dressed like somebody that you would initially think that's somebody I really want to follow. We, 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 we find the savior wrapped up in borrowed horse clothes. Now, horses don't have clothes, but you put a swaddling thing. You, put, you take the scraps and you put them over the horse so he can stay warm when it's cool outside and you make sure that he's able to cool down and brush off his face. And this is a savior who is wrapped up in rags. Like a little raggedy Ann doll. Rags. So when you think about your savior in rags, you might instinctively say, when you saw that, oh, <laughs> oh, that's so sad. That was a poor, they must be poor. They must be broke. But you won't instinctively say, in that situation, I might find my salvation. There are mangers in our midst. There are gutters in our midst and there are people in the gutters that are in our midst and it very, very well be that the people in the gutters that are in our midst may be our own salvation. Now here's, here's, how, here's how Spirit is giving it to me right now and I'm just gonna give it to you as it comes to me. That oftentimes our salvation may be wrapped not in how we treat the big baller shot callers with money rolls, cars, and clothes in our life. You see, when you think about the big ballers in your life, you think about, oh, they, they, they deserve my respect, my admiration. Oh, we make great miration over Jay-Z and, 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 and Jesus, and, and we make great miration of all of these uh, 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 even Common and, and Lecrae and, and, and rappers and, and, and Boozy and Lil Boozy and all. Oh, we make miration because they seem to have something that we would desire. So when they walk in the room, or we, if Kirk, Kirk Franklin walked in the room, we might say, hey, brother Kirk, you want to have a little seat over here? Because we anticipate some greatness coming from that. We have already associated the greatness in our mind with that. But, 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 but if brother homeless man walks in, Wearing his earth cologne. What's our instinct then? Ah, uh, uh, brother. Ah, uh, brother. Uh, sit you right over here. Now, uh, are you sure you're in the right place? How, how can we help you? Now, this is if he happens to walk in. Because the reality is very rarely are we going to go get him. You, you, you're not going to see him. You, you, you might have drove right by because he was in the gutter. He was sitting there. You didn't know. He didn't even know. You didn't know whether he was coherent or not. You just did a drive by. Because you were coming to get saved. Coming to work out your soul salvation in the sanctuary. And saying to yourself, if he just comes to church, he might get saved. But what we might miss is that our salvation didn't happen when you got in here. 
It was happening when you passed right by him or her. And when you passed by him or her, you may very well be passing by the deliverance that the divine had for you because you never know who you're looking at. You never know how God is going to show up in unexpected places to do unanticipated things. And when you know that you can't gauge how God's going to be, God's not going to fit in our box. God's not going to do what we think God ought to do because we think God ought to do it that way. When we recognize that, then it may open ourselves up to understanding that this thing we call religion and this thing that we call church may very just well be just be a facade. It may be an opiate to make ourselves feel good. I'm, I, I don't What are you going to say? Manifested by showing some kindness to this mother and father, to this pregnant woman and guy who says the, ba the baby's daddy uh, are, uh, are coming there. If he had understood who it was, are you telling me he wouldn't have found room? He'd have gave up his room. You would have given up your room if you only knew who you were dealing with. Oh, that's, that, 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 that's, that's, that's rich right there. Because when you don't know who the Savior is, then anybody can be the Savior. And if anybody can be the Savior, then you must treat everybody like they're the Savior. Because they might be. Oh, I hope you're tracking with me with that. That, that, that the Savior could be coming through Mary, that the word of your life, the word that will give you the hope that you understand, that will give you the peace, oh, the kind of peace that will surpass all understanding, that will make your heart have joy because you understand that whether your dreams come true like you think they will or they come true like God intends for them to, that God is able to give you joy that is not attached to your situation because it's attached to your destination and not just where you're going but where you already are. You are already wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in the love of God. You're already in a space where God can reach you. You can't fall so low, God can't find you. You can't climb so high, God can't reach you. You can't swim so deep that God does not know where you are. God knows where you are. Now that's joy. You, you, you see, family members die. That's sadness. And if your whole life was built upon the love of the family members that you had, then it can become a sad time because you attach your soul whole thing to that. But when you understand that joy was not attached to that, you start saying, Lord, I thank you that I got a loved one that I can miss right now. Because it could have been otherwise. It could have been that you never met them and think about how your life would have been had it not been for that. See, joy is not associated with your situation. So when you understand that your joy can be coming in unexpected places because it exists eternally and you just have to become aware of it, oh my goodness, it becomes awesome. And then love. Love is in your midst. Love is in your 
midst, the ultimate love, the unconditional love, the love that knows that you, how funky you can be, how attitudinal you can get, and say, you know what, I ain't going to leave you. Ooh, I mean, come on now. Come, yeah. I know I'm probably dealing with some saints, but I, every now and then I know I know some ain'ts. Ain't always right. Ain't always honest. Ain't always caring. Ain't always truthful. Ain't always all they think they are. Uh, anybody know some ain'ts? In? Yeah. So we start dealing with our ain'ts, we began to understand that, hey, even God loves the ain'ts, not just the saints. And the cowboys and the Steelers and the... (laughs) 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 That God is actively in love with you. I I, I mean, with, with your funkiness. With your attitudinalness. Oh my goodness. The stuff about you that you don't even like, God still loves. That's deliverance there. That's deliverance because it takes away the sense of judgment. And so we will oftentimes say, oh, the sinner that I am, that he saved the sinner just like me. It meant that there was more than just a sinner in you. So we can either focus on the sin or we can focus on the salvation. So many people try to look at other people, look at the marriage of the world. Oh, you're a pregnant teenager. Talking about you, you're a virgin. So instead of being able just to say, let me love you as you are because I know you need love, let me give you some judgment because, girl, you need Jesus. You see, if you had just kept your legs closed, you wouldn't be in this predicament. So you wouldn't need the government assistance to be able to help you out. Yada, 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 la, la, la. That's people. You see them around. They talk about folk. They just, they look down. They know. (laughs) Who messed up? This person, that person, or that? the baby didn't even know. The baby was innocent. So how do you not love the baby? And if you love the baby, why do you not love the deliverer of that baby? That's my challenge sometimes when I deal with, with, with in the political realm, and I'm not going to hit it hard, but I'm just going to tap it just a little bit. And when I deal with people in the political realm, like all of these conservative Christians and evangelical Christians who are so high on, oh, I'm anti-abortion, anti-abortion, anti-abortion. Oh, but when the baby get here, I'm anti-giving the goods and services of the government. I'm anti-Medicare, anti-Medicaid. How the Heck, do you care about the unborn, but once they get born, you don't care about them? How do you not put systems in place to make sure they have access to the best? The reality is this, my sisters and brothers. When we start getting caught up in some of the stuff that the world lays out there and we want to get, oh, oh, black and white and red and all this kind of nonsense, in this world right now, in the yet-to-be United States of America, there is one color that drives everything, and it is green. And anything else becomes an opportunity for us to get distracted. 
and causes people to vote against their own self-interest because they are lost because they can't see the Savior in their midst. They can't see the, the miracle in the manger. They can't see the marvelous in the marriage of their life. And so instead of allowing themselves to have a heart that is open for everybody, they start getting into their own little clan because somehow they believe that God has a world that is unable to bless everybody. You see, uh, if, uh, if I give it to you, then I can't have it. But guess what? If God didn't give it to you, you wouldn't have it. You have nothing God did not allow us to acquire. And so if God allowed you to acquire it once, why will God not allow you to acquire it twice? Has God shifted in God's godness? Is God incapable now of hooking you up, taking care of you, and making sure that your needs are met? I don't think so. I kind of think God is able to do it all. So if there is no scarcity in God, why are you running scared? <laughs> This is where we are. There are mangers in our midst. And there are Marys in our midst. And you ask yourself, how many times have you walked by your salvation? Because you associated your salvation with the church. You're not saved because you go to church. <laughs> church don't save you. I, mean, I wish I could tell you that it did. I know it might make my job easier. Oh, I think it would. You know, folks say, you need to go to church. You need to go to church. You need to go to church. You know, why would somebody go somewhere where they can't find themselves affirmed for who they are? Why would someone walk into judgment? People will not come to church just because you open the doors. They will walk with you if they understand that you, when you're not in the building, are just as loving as you are when you're in the building. <laughs> or as loving as you ought to be when you're in the building. Because the real talk, there are people who have ex experienced church abuse. Abused believers who grew up in church. But had something happened to them that was so traumatizing, they'll say, never again. <laughs> Not on my watch. Now, does that make them any less a, a valuable believer? Just because somebody in church who was supposed to be saved talk about, oh, how I love Jesus. That's your stank wad. Walking up here like looking like that. What is your problem? Oh, how I love Jesus. You know, she ought to do something about that kid of hers. Let that kid walk all over the church, acting all out. So you go home, you didn't talk, you didn't been all holy on, in church on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> Get on the phone, and you know your kid ain't deaf. And you're not signing on FaceTime. So your kid who loves you and believes that you are the sun and the moon rises and sets in your house. You are the one who is God to them in that house. 
sees you get on the phone and tell somebody another one on the phone, and that child is looking and saying, Ooh, is that how we do this thing? Because mom was just 10 minutes ago praising the Lord, and now she talk about how short that girl's skirt was. That's how we do this thing. And then when our children become older, we sometimes wonder why don't they go to church? Well, I wonder why. Because wonder why. what they saw when they did go. Or because they could see the duality of who they thought they should be and who you really were. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm simply saying that our salvation may be coming, and it may be coming in ways you weren't expecting it. Our salvation, the the thing that will give you the greatest sense of wholeness, may be outside of the tradition that you're comfortable and familiar with. That's it. I, 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 I just... Last myth I want to dispel because I don't want anybody to say that man is a myth teller. I'm not as much into sharing with you myths as much as I am sharing with you the reality that whether or not, uh, clearly, there there is no Bible verse in the entire 66 books of the Bible. You will not find any of them that tell you Jesus was born on December 25th. Just not going to find one. I mean, we can talk about it from now until the cows come home. You're not going to find Santa Claus in the Bible. And you're not going to find December 25th as Jesus' birthday in the Bible. You will not even find a Bible verse that tells you celebrate his birth. Not going to find it. Well, you got to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Why? Just be History? Uh, uh, the, the, the tradition, but is it in the scriptures? No, it is not. It is